0: Welcome to Maestros on Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, recorded at the Peak Velocity Studio in beautiful Brevard County, on the East Coast of Central Florida. Maestros on Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music, concerts and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. The show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee, SCSO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau, and me, Jeremy Hickman. Sometimes we're even joined in the studio by the maestro himself, Aaron Collins. We're glad you're listening, so let's get going with this episode of Maestros on Air. see how do we do this uh top of the morning eric uh top of the morning to you jeremy (laughs) and to you aaron top of the
1: morning Am I supposed to say top of the morning? Here? I think so. We, we, you know, we <laughs> you don't have to say top of the morning. It's um, good morning, gentlemen. Well, yeah.
0: well we're, we're struggling a little bit uh, because only in the uh, the second time in the history of the show, Mr. Bill Trudeau is not with us. And he usually starts with a nice top of the morning. So we had to I had to scratch my head there a little bit. Remember how we were going to open the show. But uh, uh, short of Bill, the rest of us are here. We're going to talk all about the the new season, the 2017, 2018 season. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, good middle of the night, depending on whenever you're listening to this. It's morning for us. Uh, this is the Space Coast Symphony. I'm Jeremy Hickman. I'm here with the president of the symphony and with the artistic director, and we're going to talk a bit about the new season that's coming up. And in fact, it's the season that has already started. If uh, if you recall the last episode, which was the first episode of season three, uh, it was a retrospective of the season that was the 2016-2017 season. uh, And we promised that the next show, we would talk about the new season. And in fact, we had intended to have that show and recorded and get it out within a week or so of the last show. But uh, after, uh, I think about three attempts of uh, scheduling a record date, and getting it on the calendar. Uh, at the last minute, uh, someone ended up uh, out of the bunch, had to uh, 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 beg off, not do it, cancel. We rescheduled. Uh, so after a couple of different reschedules, uh, we said, today's the date, we're going to do it. And um, uh, part, of the, part of the deal we had to make was uh, Bill Trudeau is not able to make it today. So rather than talking about the season that is about to happen, uh, we're going to talk, <laughs> we're about uh, six weeks or so into to the new season, so we're going to talk about the first couple of shows that have actually happened, and then we'll talk about the rest of the show that's still going to unfold over the rest of uh, the next several months. So with that said, let's just jump right into it. The first show that we had of the year, uh, kicking off the year, always a, a, a crowd favorite is Broadway showstoppers. People love Broadway tunes, Uh, and I think the music in the show was just outstanding. Yeah, it was an excellent concert. Great crowd, wouldn't you
2: say so, Aaron?
1: Yeah, really great crowd. Every year we have a good crowd for this program. In fact, for all of our summer concerts, we have uh, really great crowds. Uh, They responded well. I thought the orchestra played fantastic, and uh, we played some great tunes from Phantom of the Opera, Jesus Christ Superstar, West Side Story, Chicago, among others, and uh, I thought the orchestra played very, very well, and uh, it It was a fun concert for all of us.
0: Of music from Phantom of the Opera uh, recorded at the season opener Broadway Showstoppers, performed by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra on June 17th, 2017. The next concert that happened was an annual free concert that we do. Uh, the patriotic concert, America the Beautiful. Actually, <laughs> this was uh, this was the concert that almost wasn't because of a, just a series of uh, logistical uh, difficulties, uh, not the least of which uh, is the Scott Center flooded uh, because I still never quite got to the bottom. I think some pipes were broken. Uh, or something at the same I think Center. so, it was Pipes.
1: Was yeah, Pipes some underground, <laughs> actually under the auditorium. And the whole school had to be shut down. Luckily, it was during the summer. Uh, but, uh, y- you know, they called me on Monday. The concert was on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and they told us that, uh, look, we the auditorium has a two feet of water in it. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, uh, but you know, they went way out of their way. They worked day and night to first get the auditorium unflooded and then second to find out where the leak was. They still didn't find that leak until a couple days after our concert. Uh, but they were very, uh, hardworking into get, uh, getting this, uh, uh concert, uh, able to be performed for us. Yeah. You really got
2: to give them credit. You know, most places were just canceled. Right, you know, they really went out of their way to you know, accommodate us under, you know, most difficult circumstances. They, they
1: always go out of their way over at the Holy Trinity, so we're very thankful to them. And, of course, when we were at the Emerson Center the uh, day the day of, uh, we actually have two concerts the same day, so we kind of pushed the musicians to having two programs, one in Vero, one in Brevard. Uh, you know, of course, parking was an issue there. Uh, they were parking miles down the road um, and walking to the auditorium, and that was packed, so we had... Three great crowds, and uh, and fortunately, our crowds don't get to notice all these, you know, behind the scenes things that uh, that uh, could ruin their experience for them if they had known. But uh, it, uh, they they enjoyed it as always, and we had a great time uh, at America the Beautiful.
0: Well, and as always, one of the things that we've uh, recently implemented is a uh, a post show report. Uh, we're trying to look at lessons learned. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, emergencies like this you can't avoid, but it's how do you deal with them? Uh, so, you know, we'll, we're working to make it a smoother uh, experience uh, when those things do happen. But, you know, if you were caught up in the crossfire and had some difficulty, we we truly apologize. Uh, you know, we, we are working hard to uh, make it a great experience. I mean, no one complained about the music, but still, you know, if uh, you can't find a restroom, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, your socks get damp by walking on the floor, uh, uh, we apologize for that. But uh, I think uh, we're looking at a good, solid rest of the season. Uh, but the, before we get to the future, let's look at the, the one that happened most recently, uh, and that is the Fantasies concert. This is, I did not go to this concert, so why don't, uh, why don't you tell me about it as long, as well as uh, everybody else who uh, may not have uh, been to the concert. Well, you missed a good concert. I think, um, I think that was one of our m- Better
2: um, classical people really seemed to love that concert because you had in the Symphony Fantastique just had a lot of people you know talking about.
1: Yeah, it was well received. I mean, we were playing three very popular works: uh, one in Dukas' Sorcerer's Apprentice, of course, Berlioz's Symphony Fantastique, and Wagner's Elsa's Procession to the Cathedral. So we had three works that were appealing to the crowd, um, all different, um, and uh, I just thought it was a very well-performed concert uh, by the orchestra. The orchestra sounded great and, uh, and uh, very happy with that program. So it's always something we enjoy doing, playing masterworks, classical works. Um, in the middle of the summer, you don't find that uh, anywhere here in Florida. So uh, we're always excited to be able to perform um, big works uh, in the middle of July.
0: Well, big works, but also a big crowd. I believe, if yeah. I, I you know saw the numbers, there were you know larger than your typical crowd for middle of the summer.
2: Well, and I think more than usual for a classical concert. I think people really enjoyed this program.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know, of course, performing in the summer. Uh, we're one of nineteen orchestras that perform in the uh, summer here in the United States, and uh, I think that's you know we we're not not saying that there's not that much competition going on because there are a, quite a few events going on during the summer but it's a natural and nice escape for our audience to come out and check out you know symphonic music and we see a lot of new patrons at these summer concerts the first time they're you know seeing a symphony orchestra on stage and and so we're very excited about that
0: well as i said i was not there so i'm looking forward to hearing as well a recording we've got from uh, symphony fantastique this is berlioz Thank you. of Symphony Fantastique from your Space Coast Symphony Orchestra just recently performed here in July of 2017. Uh, The rest of the shows we're going to talk about are the season that are unfolding and the next thing up in August is a fairly ambitious endeavor for the symphony. In fact, uh, the theme for this season is collaborations, and this is very much a collaboration. Uh, yes, the symphony is going to play, uh, but it, there is a fully staged opera, and this uh, there will be performances in Orlando. You have been in the middle of rehearsals for this, so why don't you tell us, Aaron, about uh, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, in fact, the... Uh The cast and the chorus have been rehearsing for the last month. Uh, They're essentially going through the process of learning the music, staging, um, a lot of staging, um... In fact, and uh, we will be performing it over at the Orlando Repertory Theater, um, starting on August 10th. So we're going to be performing August 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th over in Orlando, and then we decided to bring it over here to Melbourne and Vero Beach and uh, perform uh, a repeat show. Uh, the Merry Widow is, of course, one of the most popular operettas in all of uh, music. It's full of just beautiful themes. It's full of popular songs, and it's funny, exciting. It and and this particular uh, setting, staging of the Merry Widow is set in 2005 over in California, and uh, it's all in English. So uh, that rather than the uh, German, and it is uh, kind of an updated version of the. Mary Mary Widow. So uh, I think our audience will respond very well to it. It's a fully staged production uh, and uh, the cast is brilliant and uh, it's funny and it's uh, endearing and it's uh, going to be a really uh, great production for us. So we're excited to bring opera over here to Brevard and Indian River counties. I
2: think that's going to be great with the updated uh, production. I think audiences like that when it's a little bit modernized. I think it's going to be really good.
1: Yeah, I I do, too. I will note that it is uh, rated uh, uh, PG-13 to rated R (laughs) for uh, parents who are thinking of bringing their kids to this production. Probably not recommend uh, children under the age of 13 for this production, but um, it's going to be a really fun production for us and for our audiences.
0: Certainly looking forward to that, Uh, but the one after at the end of August is the one show that i unashamedly am most looking forward to this is the return of dr pat hennessy at the helm Uh, this is a big band a tribute to Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, Dr. Hennessy, of course, uh, his uh, day job at Stetson University. Uh, he has uh, taken on additional responsibilities and that has kept him f- fairly busy, so he's missed the last couple uh, of jazz orchestra uh, events. Uh, we had uh, last year uh, Frank Wozar filling in for him. A great job, uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Dr. Hennessy again. And uh, I think advanced ticket sales for Ella Fitzgerald are, uh, you know, significantly ahead of what we typically get this uh, many weeks out in front of an event. So this is probably going to be a packed house. So if you're interested in coming, I, you know, you know, everybody always says, Oh, please, you know, call in and get your tickets. But I think truly this is likely to be a sold out event. So if you're interested, uh, please do get tickets,
2: right? This is more than just hyperbole on Jeremy's part. People really are calling in and, uh purchasing tickets. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand for jazz, so we're going to be able to uh, deliver.
1: Yeah, it's a great program. It's also featuring the fantastic Linda Cole, uh, who will be singing many of Ella's uh, famous tunes. And uh, we haven't had the jazz orchestra perform since, I want to say... Last October, maybe. Right. Um, so it's been almost a year, and uh, so we're very thrilled to bring them back. And uh, and of course, you know, it's Ella's 100th, and uh, it's uh, just a great, uh, great program of music, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So we're excited to do it.
0: Uh, yes, and and was Linda Cole perform? Was it two years ago, a year and a half ago? Yeah, she. Performed I think it was a year and a half ago in the spring, if I recall. Uh, and it, it was great. She definitely, uh, you know, she's, she's part of uh, the larger, uh, you know, entertaining family. Uh, and uh, she definitely uh, shows years of performance. Uh, she's got the knack. She's got the gift. Uh, great singer. Uh, and, and beyond that, uh, extremely entertaining. So looking forward to having her back.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a great concert. And we can't wait to have our jazz orchestra back. And then for fans of the podcast, uh, Bob Glopin
2: will be back. Oh, Bob Glopin coming back down from Chicago. To play the bass. So for you podcast fans, that's a little tidbit. There'll be a quiz later. So
0: Moving on to that time of the year when the snowbirds start to come back, uh, September 23rd and 24th, An American in Paris.
1: Yes, American in Paris. This is going to be a fun concert. Now, originally, when I conceived it, uh, it was originally meant to be a a collaboration with us and the Orlando Ballet. Now, of course, as Jeremy mentioned, things come up throughout the year and uh, were presented challenges, and this was one of them where we uh, originally had the Orlando Ballet slated for an entire half of the concert. Now, unfortunately, with their scheduling, that got moved around. Uh, They're doing, of course, Swan Lake. Uh, We had to adjust our scheduling so unfortunately we won't be featuring the Orlando Ballet for the full half of the concert but we will be bringing their lead dancers in to perform a work with the symphony orchestra so we had to on the fly find a replacement uh, and find an intriguing uh, combination that would uh, please our audiences and uh, and, I, and I have a friend in Seattle who's an incredible tap dancer uh, named Alex and uh, he He's uh, just brilliant, and I thought it would be fun to do a concerto for tap dance and orchestra, tap dancer and orchestra. So uh, we've uh, programmed, uh, of course, Morton Gould's Concerto for Tap Dancer and Orchestra, the only one that exists, and uh, we also... uh, have duke ellington's three black kings which is a beautiful piece that uh uh really showcases the orchestra and, and features some really great jazz it was in fact duke ellington's last piece he wrote and uh, so is
0: this going to be the same arrangement that we played about a year and a half ago
1: kind of but we're adding a movement from it so it's a little different um but yeah the same arra- you know same uh the same piece yeah
0: very nice it was it was, it was beautiful
1: before. yeah it's an awesome piece and then of course we are featuring uh Marius Tesh on piano to perform variations on I got rhythm and uh, and we have of course uh, the title of the concert the the big piece uh, an American in Paris and this is our partnership with MGM Studios where we're presenting a a fully restored uh, production of the film as we perform the suite. So it's going to be a really cool concert. It has tap dancing, film, ballet, a great pianist, and jazz. So it's just uh, it's one of those concerts that's going to blow people away. And, of course, September, we always have popular uh, concerts and uh, big audiences. So I think our audience will be really uh, thrilled about this concert.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a great concert.
0: Well, if you're already interested, uh, we'll whet your appetite just a bit with some music uh, from An American in Paris. American in Paris, to be performed in September by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Then up next, after that, in October, jazz returns its big band favorites on the 21st and 22nd. Then that leads us into November, uh, a large concert for us, another ensemble, a one-day event on November 5th. It's Home of the Brave.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a great concert. It's a free concert first off. It's also a fundraising concert for the wounded warrior project and uh, If uh, our fans remember we did a concert uh, for Mary um, Several years ago. Is it two years ago now? It's been two years. Yes. Yeah two years unbelievable Um, so we did a a prism concert in honor of uh, Mary seal who of course, you know had that tragic accident and uh, so Every time I see some patrons, I mean, they're always mentioning that concert. Um, it, was a, it was a brilliant uh, program, first, that featured 300 musicians uh, performing in Tribute of Mary. And we had all kinds of different ensembles. And it, we threw it together in, I think, maybe like two weeks' time. Um, so, you know, everybody keeps coming up to us and saying, well... Are you ever going to do something like that again? And I said, um, I don't know. I, you know, it's a lot of work. And uh, but we decided, you know, our this season is about collaborations. And we said, let's uh, let's do a Prism concert again, featuring some of our other uh, sister ensembles throughout the area. Of course, we have the Melbourne Municipal Band, the Community Band of Brevard, the Space Coast Flute Orchestra, the uh, Indie Atlantic Chamber Singers. The um, Brevard Chorale, um, the Swing Time Jazz Band, and uh, Central Florida Winds. I and mean, we have a lot of different ensembles that uh, uh, we can feature around here. So uh, that's what we're doing. We're going to have all of these ensembles in concert with us. Um, and the theme is patriotic, and it's home of the brave. And it's going to be a great program uh, featuring over 300 musicians performing. It's going to be about two and a half hours long, and it'll be a uh, great time to see all of the incredible music ensembles here in Brevard County perform under the same
0: roof. So if you notice what we just said, November, we only have one concert, but it's a big one. So November 5th, mark your calendar. uh, It's going to be probably the the most people on stage cycling through for the entire season, uh, and certainly probably the most diverse uh, set of music you'll hear on one stage over one day this season. Uh, That leads into December, and we've got a fairly busy December. And first up, it's the concert that started everything. This is the 10th annual Messiah Sing-Along a tradition. Uh, But we do have a couple of changes this year. So make note, uh, we're going to have one venue. It's the Scott Center. Yes, that's
1: correct. We've traditionally performed in St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church over the last uh, eight years, and uh, this year we... you know st. John is going through some renovations. So we're brought in, bringing it over to the Scott Center Of course, this is a free concert and it's one of our most popular concerts and and as Jeremy mentioned It uh, was one of the first concerts the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra put on in fact I think it was the first concert we put on um, Before we were the Space Coast Symphony. It was just I think the Space Coast Oratorio Society Orchestra or something along those lines something like that and uh That was a mouthful.
0: I'm sorry. I'll just put the Scorro. Whatever that doesn't really work that well. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: uh, we, uh, you know, uh, done this concert. The crowd loves it. Uh, It it features a chamber uh, orchestra paired with about uh, eight soloists, and of course, the crowd is invited to come and sing. And it's always a fun concert. So uh, it'll be at the Scott Center this year on December first.
0: Well, and speaking of crowd pleasing, uh, if you were lucky enough to attend uh, last year' uh, Christmas at the Avenue, a free outdoor concert sponsored by uh, the Avenue in Vieira, uh, it was—I I really believe—some of the best music. Just the sound coming off, you know, for an outdoor concert, you always wonder—you know—are you, know, you going to be bouncing off? You know all the buildings. Is is it just going to escape up into the atmosphere? But just the nice wall of sound coming, and right there in front of the movie theater, they cleared out. Uh, we brought chairs in. We brought a stage in. Uh, we had a nice sound system to amplify and uh, fill in all the the sound. We had just hundreds of kids with their parents uh, milling about. In fact, interestingly enough, the uh, the uh, the rehearsal uh, goes on uh, earlier in the afternoon. I think uh, like uh, two to five or something like that for the rehearsal, and then the uh, the uh, the actual performance is at seven p.m. Well, last year, people were coming and showing up and saying and just enjoying the rehearsal, thinking that was the event. Uh, and then, and it was great. The rehearsal was actually quite great. Uh, but then, when the uh, the actual event came, uh, we had—I uh, I think Santa made an appearance. I think um, Santa was there. yes. Uh, the Grinch was there early, and Santa came and uh, you know uh, brushed him away. That's right, shooed the Grinch away. <laughs> so, again, a free concert uh, at the Avenue, and that's Saturday, December sixteenth.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great program. Uh, this last year was our first year doing that. Uh, And uh, it went very, very well. The Avenue, of course, invited us back. And, of course, we have Tropicare uh, sponsoring the program as well. And uh, so we're very excited to bring it back. Every year we want to make it bigger and bigger. What can we add? What can we uh, uh, put on the concert to... uh, Put it over the top, and uh, so uh, this year will be bigger, better, badder, and uh, I think we'll have a great time again. I'm excited about it, and uh, I think it's opening night of Star Wars as well. So it's going to be a crazy, uh, crazy evening there in front of the movie theater with us, Star Wars, and uh, and everything else going on, and all the Christmas shopping. So it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Well, after Christmas, of course, that's the end of the year. A little bit of uh, rest with the family. And then we'll start off the new year with a, another Pops concert. In fact, we're going to start the second half of the season the same way we started the first half of the season with Broadway. This is the best of Broadway. In fact, Aaron, you're going to still be out on vacation with family. And so we've used that as It's, it's actually
1: not- work, but uh, I mm-hmm. love the... Let's just imagine I am on vacation well, with family. A, I don't think I ever a... <laughs> get vacation with family anymore. But that being said, um, I'll be having a good time up north. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, so we're we're having the conductor exchange program you know, going on. And so you'll be at a venue uh, doing something new up north. Uh, but we've used that as an opportunity to bring back, uh, I think, our favorite guest conductor, Michael Hall, will be there. That's the best of Broadway. And that's Saturday, January 6th. And Sunday, January 7th.
1: Yeah, that'll be a great program. also features four brilliant soloists uh, singing uh, just uh, th- from the catalog of Rodgers and Hammerstein, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Jerome Kern, um, uh, Meredith Wilson, among others, uh, Marvin Hamlish. So it'll be a fun program and always an audience favorite as well.
0: And that leads into a second Pops concert back-to-back. Uh, The weekend of February 9th and 10th is Fan Favorites. This is a program that we're doing. It's a light classical program.
2: These are um, pieces that the audience has requested, isn't
1: it? Yeah, over the last nine years, we get... Tons of requests and I mean, there's we've got thousands of requests that are just sitting out there Um, I try to uh, of course do pieces that the audience wants to uh, I'm still
0: waiting for the doctor who theme.
1: Yeah, I know you are Um, You'll get it sometime 20 years (laughs) from now you'll get it Um, And then of course the musicians have music they want to play and uh, so it's this concert. I thought would be fun to uh, just highlight some of the works that our audience want to hear. And of course that the musicians want to play. I mean, it's, it's packed with, it's quite the program actually. I mean, you've got firebird suite, you've got Romeo and Juliet, you've got, uh, pines of Rome. You've got, uh, I'm just naming those three. And that's like, two concerts in itself right there. Maybe it's not 18, really light classical. 1812 <laughs> Overture, you've got, I mean, it's just, it's packed with just, uh, it has Claire de Lune. Um, so that's just a really fun program that we're going to have, uh, and the audience is going to love it. It's, of course, fan favorites, and uh, the musicians are going to uh, have their... Uh, uh, have their work cut out for them. So, well, be good. if this
0: is a uh, fan favorite concert, then I'm just going to go ahead and pick. Let's let's uh, let's give a little bit of a preview and a bit from 1812 Overture. Fantastic. Uh, 1812 Overture, uh, that will be performed at the February 9th and 10th concert series Fan Favorites by your Space Coast Symphony. After a couple of months of pops, we're returning to the Masterworks series. This season, it's Romantic Masterworks. We'll be featuring Brahms and Schumann, and that'll take place over the weekend of March 3rd and 4th.
1: Yeah, uh, so we're going to feature uh, Brahms' first symphony, uh, one of the most uh, popular symphonies in all repertoire. Um, and in fact, took Brahms 20 years to write that symphony. Um, and it didn't premiere until I think he was maybe 42 years old. Uh, it's Every composer as always, has Beethoven's shadow looming behind him, but no more so than Brahms. Brahms, of course, came right after Beethoven, and Beethoven wrote, of course, his Ninth Symphony, and uh, Beethoven's symphonies were so extremely popular and and just uh, so well-written. So Brahms had challenges uh, with that. He, he didn't know what to put out there uh, to the public, and it took him 20 years to overcome that, and then, of course, he, you can almost call this Beethoven's 10th symphony, uh, uh, Brahms' first. It's just an incredible piece of music, so we're going to feature that, and, of course, Schumann's fourth symphony, all of Schumann's life thrown into one symphony, kind of a journey from you know, darkness and to kind of a blaze of light. So, uh, it's going to be a really cool program uh, featuring two popular symphonies and and composers. So, we're excited to bring that to our audience.
0: In April, after Tax Day, we've got a rather large production going on. In fact, part of the reason that this is going to be on the second half of the season is there is quite a bit of planning that is going into this. So I know that we've discussed this at meetings, uh, but I, I, I think I only have a taste of what actually is going to be happening here. I know, Aaron, you have been really working on planning this next concert And all the extra things that are going on. This is Scheherazade, a 3D experience, my understanding from what I've heard. So we're going to be doing something for the first time, maybe anywhere.
1: Yeah, so this concert, of course, features Scheherazade, which is a brilliant piece uh, for orchestra, one of the most popular in the repertoire. Also on this program, we have James Newton Howard's I Would Plant a Tree, which is based on Martin Luther King's uh, famous speech. Um, And the idea behind this concert was to create a, uh, take the auditorium and turn it it into an immersive experience for the audience. Kind of a living, breathing organism around them where uh, things are changing. As the music is being performed So I uh, reached out to Engineer Studios which is one of the top uh, Studios uh, uh,
0: b- By the way Definitely one of the top names
1: of a studio anywhere. it's badass. Um, It is. Uh, I love it. So uh, they they do a lot of great work. I saw a project of theirs with uh, the Kennedy Space Center and NASA. I loved it, and I wanted to partner with them on a program, so I approached them about this. So what we're going to do is we're going to have 10 to 12 projectors, 3D projectors, that are placed throughout the auditorium. And they'll be covering every single wall, ceiling. I mean, th- th-
0: just, just putting these projectors in is an event by itself.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Because right now where well, there's one projector in the auditorium. Um, and it's just, you know, placed on the screen. But imagine 12 of them placed all around this auditorium and covering each of the walls. So as you look around and look above you, look uh, to your sides, look behind you, the auditorium is kind of uh shifting. It's uh kind of based on a seed being planted um and and it turning into this beautiful world around us um, and uh, of course James Newton Howard's piece just fits that perfectly um, and it's uh, gonna be a really unique experience for anyone who attends um, and like I said the first time like Jeremy mentioned the first time uh, something like this has ever happened so uh, we're, we're really thrilled to bring this here to Brevard and Vero Beach and also on that program we're performing some Philip Glass I um, I've been wanting to perform his music for a while and uh, I think the audience will Really love his light overture as well. So
0: I just have one question: Do you think we're going to have a bubble machine?
1: We should have a bubble <laughs> machine. I think we should have bubble machines at all of our concerts. That would be nice. It, the worked, kids for, would love for, it. it worked for Lawrence Welk. Bubble Why wouldn't it work for us?
2: And um, like a smoke machine, I think that'd be good.
1: If the board is willing to invest in a bubble machine uh, or a smoke machine, I, I think, uh, I think I'm bu- willing to have it. Featured on every concert. I think we got something here.
0: We, well, I'm going to put this on the agenda for the next board meeting. Yeah, I would love seeing saying?
1: bubbles coming from beneath the low brass. Um, well, I that th- can happen anyway. So. <laughs> True. All right, that well, was a so- fart joke for people who uh, didn't catch that. <laughs>
0: Well, one way or another, I think (laughs) people will have lots of different things that they can find a delight in. Uh, Of course, everybody knows Scheherazade. uh, The 3D immersive experience will be interesting. Uh, Some people have heard of Philip Glass, but perhaps have not heard his music. Uh, So why don't we uh, play a a snippet of Philip Glass uh, to give people an idea of uh, that third part of the concert that they can expect. Philip Glass, The Light, uh, one of the pieces you'll be able to hear at Scheherazade, a 3D experience in April of next year, part of the Space Coast Symphony's 2017-2018 season. Uh, That brings us up to the final regularly scheduled concert for the season. This is taking place in May, the weekend of May 26th and 27th. It's Suleiman Plays Tchaikovsky.
1: Yeah, we're bringing back Suleiman Sakali, which is one of our favorite guest artists we've had over the last nine years. And a brilliant violinist is doing great things around the world. And uh, he's performing Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto, which is, I think, one of the more popular violin concertos in the repertoire. Oh, I would say so. And then, uh, of course, we're bringing our good friend Kenneth Fuchs back to perform a piece he wrote called Atlantic Ryband, which is a really uh, beautiful piece of music. And uh, we're also performing one of Eric's favorites, Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Shostakovich Five. We did that our first season, right?
1: We did do that on our first season. Yeah, it was great. a lot of fun, and I wanted to do it again. And, uh it's one of the more powerful works in 20th century repertoire um, and just a, a fun piece for all of our musicians to play. So it'll be a good concert and uh, a great way to wrap up our season leading into our 10th anniversary season, which follows. Well,
0: we're nearing the end of the show just as we're nearing the end of the season. Uh, but let's go ahead and play a bit of that. Uh, delight your ears now. Here is a bit from Shostakovich 5. Shostakovich 5. back. The Fifth Symphony from Shostakovich just one of the many things you'll be able to hear in the 2017-2018 season by your Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Those are all the concerts in the regular season, Uh, but of course we have a handful of other concerts uh, that are beyond that. Uh, Some collaborations with other groups, some affiliated concerts. There are some uh, chamber concerts uh, that we did not go over today because they are outside the main roster. We'll talk about those on another episode but so far we have just run out of time so we'll say thank you for listening my name is jeremy hickman and i'm eric lee and i'm Aaron collins thank you so much for having me today guys certainly it's been a great day and to all of you listening we'll We'll see see you you at the show. show this has been maestros on air brought to you by the space coast symphony orchestra Episodes of this show are available for download in the iTunes Store or other podcast catcher, or for streaming at maestrosonair.com. For more information about the symphony or upcoming events, like us on Facebook, or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. Thanks for listening, and remember, as always, we'll see you... At the show.
3: A Peak Velocity production.